0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome into 104 through The Fans Coffee Break. Mac live from UC Health Training Center. Rachel Behold hanging out with you. Mac, how you doing? It looks beautiful out there.
1: Yeah, it is beautiful. I'm just keeping my voice down a little bit because I don't want to disturb uh, my guy, Edwarder from ESPN. He's doing a live shot a few feet away, so I'll get louder here in a second. But I'm actually broadcasting from the top of a trash can. But behind me is a reflective window. So how artsy-fartsy is this, Rachel? So you can actually sort of see what's going on in the reflection, which is out there, but really it's back there. Um, And it it is a beautiful day, and there are tons of Cowboys fans here, tons.
0: Yeah. Let's get into it. Obviously, it's a big day. I feel like we're going to see some real football today. I put a little bit of quotation marks around that, but probably some of the most real football that we've seen on campus. Yeah, the Cowboys, they're rolling into town. Mike McCarthy talked earlier, too, to the media. And I heard he had some things to say about Nathaniel Hackett's dad, Dima.
1: Yeah, they go way back. Um, deep, deep NFL football ties. And the only reason that Mike McCarthy was even all that interested in doing this joint practice, because the Cowboys don't do many of these, is because of his personal relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. So that's, that's cool. You know, that's good. It's a small world for, for the football world. Uh, but other than that, the Cowboys really don't. He doesn't like doing it. Mike McCarthy, it's not really his thing. He, he's not into it, which is a little weird considering the vast majority of teams actually do it and like it. Um, I know it's, it's right what the doctor ordered here for the, the Broncos on the final day of training camp for the fans. And you should understand something too, Rachel. There'll still be practices that some fans will be at uh, throughout preseason, but it's invite only. It's not open. This is an open practice. Uh, that anybody can come to if you, you know, have the desire to. So there will still be some fans at attendance through the preseason practices, but this is the last official day of training camp.
0: How many people would you say are in attendance that are Cowboy fans? What percentage?
1: Well, look at the hill. Where is that? I still
0: think um, of Orange.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I would say, I'd say it's uh, 65% Broncos fans, 35% Cowboys fans. It's still, it's still more uh Broncos fans and Cowboys fans but there's a lot of Cowboys fans a ton and we'll see I mean there's a huge line they're still letting people in right now so I mean we'll see and the hill is almost (laughs) the hill's almost completely filled right now and people are streaming in so I'll be stunned if this isn't the the largest attendance that they have all season all, all all training camp
0: Okay. Well, I like that a lot. Um, obviously, like I said, it looks beautiful. Blue skies out there. We're in for good practice. D-Mac. which matchup are you most excited to see today?
1: Well, un- unfortunately, the, the thing that's really compelling, well, there's two. Of course, it's the quarterback. So you, it's great to be able to see Dak Prescott and see Russell Wilson. But I'll give you the other one that's really kind of interesting to compare is Micah Parsons and um, Pat Sertan because – Let's just ignore the fact that, say, oh, forget a quarterback, right? Like, don't worry about quarterback, which the Broncos weren't worried about. And they love Patrick Sertan. But Micah Parsons was available, as was tackle Rashawn Slater. But really, it was a decision between uh, Sertan and Micah Parsons. And it's a a fascinating argument. What's more valuable, um, a pass rushing inside linebacker who's got incredible tools like Micah Parsons or a shutdown corner like Pat Sertan? So that's some uh, football nerdism for you right there. And and they don't go against each other, but it will be fascinating just to see how they play, um, you know, kind of comparatively and see them out in the field at the same time. Because, Rachel, Micah Parsons easily, easily could be a Denver Bronco. Easily.
0: Oh, man, I can not even imagine that. Uh, You know, when we kind of look at – like you said, Pat Sertan, Micah Parsons. It's how much are they going to be able to disrupt practice? And you really pay attention to that. I'm super excited for CeeDee Lamb to be going up against uh, Pat Sertan. I mean, I think that's go. be a great matchup.
1: I uh, totally agree. You know, it's been interesting. Um, and I think a, a big reason is because Pat Sertan is so good. But it almost felt like the Broncos were moving Cortland Sutton away from Patrick Soutan because things just were not going Cortland Sutton's way. So we'll see if the Cowboys want that matchup. We'll see. I'm sure the Broncos would welcome it for sure. Um, I did ask Mike McCarthy about doing one-on-ones and he said, they may not do one-on-ones though, Rachel, actually, they're definitely going to do some form of seven-on-seven. Mike McCarthy said that, but he wasn't committal on the one-on-ones. You got to understand it's very unusual that the Broncos just don't do those, really. They really don't do one-on-ones. They really don't do seven-on-sevens, but everybody else does. So we'll, we'll see what kind of compromises come today. You
0: no, know, yeah. I really hope we get to see some one-on-ones. These are, like, these are the matchups we want to see. Seven-on-seven will be good, though, so I'm glad to hear at least we might see some of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you love – you,
0: you, you love, love competition. Match-ups.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, who doesn't want to see one-on-ones? You know, it's, it's exciting, so – Alright, I gotta oh. keep my voice down. I just got the evil eye from ESPN right there, Rachel. So
0: nice. I'll try to try to be a little calm. If you have to walk away too, we wouldn't mind no, no, no. everything that is going on there. But uh do you know what they're doing their life head on? Can you hear? Hold on. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Uh <laughs> when we were at the ownership thing yesterday we noticed up on the big board so they had like a giant thing that said like welcome to the broncos and you like noticed that there was a graphic of a fan wearing number 15 do you think it was tim (laughs) tebow or do you think it was brandon marshall
1: oh i think it was tim tebow Uh, i think i think that is a really funny little thing that exists inside the broncos facility right now and it's just i don't i don't know i guess it just slipped through whoever was putting that graphic together. I mean, I'm, I got no problems with it. I think it was awesome, but no, I I don't think that was Brandon Marshall. I think that was, uh, I think for sure that was a Tim Tebow thing.
0: I think it's so funny. (laughs) That's my little teaser for everyone to go check out our blog, check it out on all of the social media channels too. So we did a whole behind the scenes of yesterday. Uh, Timothy says, I think Tyler owes DMAC a coffee. Oh,
1: oh yeah, no doubt. Tyler was like, there's going to be like 3,500 people here. There's going to be, I mean, uh, definitely over seven thousand, and we'll, we'll see what capacity actually is. When they when they did have a field practice um, a couple of weeks ago, what they did it was like uh, Rachel being out at the club, or what I understand being out of the club is like, where you know uh, two two come out, two can come in, and I'm I'm gonna guess it'll be something like that today. I you know I think capacity here is around seven thousand, and they'll I mean they'll easily be at that. Um, no doubt about it. I, you know what? Let, let me turn around. I can show you a little bit, okay? Just yeah. so so you get get an idea of it. And you tell me what you can see and what you can't see. But but that's the the corner of the hill, which usually there's nobody even there. Um, seriously, there are practices nobody's even there. And then it reaches up to the top. And they're filling in this section last, actually. So that's it. That's all that's left to fill in. And people are are still coming in. Never mind all the people that can hang up on the top there, too. So, yeah, it's almost filled right now, and practice doesn't even get going for another, I don't know, what, 15 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, 15 minutes. So, show us ESPN since they're giving you the evil eye.
1: Wow, well, I mean...
0: Ah, gotcha. <laughs> gotta love these. They're, <laughs> um, they're
1: done now. They're done now, so I can be loud again. Like, I like my D-Mac. nature provides me, yes.
0: Dmac is back for sure. Well, there is big news as the Broncos named their new president in Damani and Leach. He has 25 years of experience at the collegiate and professional level, and he will lead the business operations and stadium management company portion of the Broncos. So they named him. A lot of people were wondering if Peyton Manning or John Elway was going to be in that mix, but it sounds like this guy is more on the business side, less on the football side, Dmac.
1: Yeah, this guy is – I, I don't know a bunch about him. I'm just reading up, but he looks to be like a genius. I mean, he's a Princeton guy. Um, and then he got his, uh, I believe, his master's at Indiana in uh, higher education and was with the NCAA for 17 years and has been with the league office um, since 2015. So, uh, I mean, on the surface, it looks like an amazing hire. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to know him better as time goes on. But, I mean... I mean, unbelievably bright. Used to play football. I think he walked right past me. I think. Um, <laughs> Have
0: you seen any of the other owners? Anybody else out there today? Uh,
1: I don't. I don't see anybody else. But they. They may be up on the um, upper deck area. Who knows? Um, but no. I on the surface, this looks like an ama- another amazing addition to the Broncos. You know what? Now that you see um, uh, Damani Leach's background. It's like, oh, okay, you know, that's not Peyton Manning. That's not his expertise. It's obviously uh, Leach is well versed in the structural organization of not only the NCAA but of uh, the National Football League. So they're they're looking for a link, obviously, um, between the business side, football side, and you know what would translate on the field. And from what we understand too, it will be um, George Payton. Reporting to Greg Penner, and then Demani Leach reporting to um, to Penner. So a very similar setup, theoretically, where it would would have been Joe or Pat Boland rather, Joe Ellis, business side, reporting to Pat Boland, John Elway uh, reporting to Pat Boland. That way, um, you know, the sad part for the Broncos over all these many years, of course, is no Pat Boland, and you know that was that left a, a, a large void in terms of what they were trying to do. Everybody was, was doing the best to do their best. Um, but this structure seems to make a heck of a lot of sense. I mean, it, it makes sense in as much as that's exactly what it used to be. So I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, sure, I, I would love to see Peyton involved with the Broncos, and, and, and maybe he will be in some capacity. But it's, it's very, very clear on the football side of things. Uh, it's George Peyton's vision executed by Nathaniel Hackett, and Damani Leach will, you know, sort of oversee all the other aspects of things. Um, and, and that makes sense to me. makes makes a lot of sense to me. Looks like a great hire.
0: No, it does look like a great hire. If you could see Peyton's role in some sort of way, what do you think it would look like?
1: Well, I think it would have to be George Peyton. I think it would have to be, you know, the guy who philosophically directs the football operations. And frankly, they have that right now. So, uh, so, so right now, the, the role that I see Peyton Manning is exactly what we saw yesterday. Just a good friend of the organization, somebody they can lean on if, if they need to lean on somebody who's around, um, just somebody who's, who's here. And that's great. Um, and John Elway has a more official role. He is actually, you know, a, he's an employee still of the Broncos as a consultant. So he's, he's around too. So, Hey, it's, it's cool. I mean, you have some of the, the best of the best that are a phone call away that can come on out and you can solicit their opinions and, then you can, you know, get a variety of diverse opinions and experience to to make decisions. And then there'll be a lot of big decisions to be made from, you know, what color are the uniforms to ultimately Rachel, what I believe will be the development of either a new stadium or development around the stadium. And likely I would think some sort of partnership with Stan Kroenke in terms of somehow connecting Ball Arena to Empower Field. Um, and that might be at the... Uh, <laughs> the sadness of roller coasters and, uh, and, uh, you know, Taffy out there at Elitch's, but, um, but that's okay. You know, I think it's long overdue and it, it should be amazing what happens in the future.
0: No, oh, I, I, after the press conference yesterday, I kind of walked away and I thought, we're thinking so much on the contracts contract side of players and stuff, but there's so many little things that the money of the Walton Penner group can buy. That doesn't oh. have to do with contracts or anything. It's literally just about the lifestyle that the staff members, the players, the coaches will be able to live by.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, listen, they are business experts. That's what they do. So I thought we saw it yesterday. Very a. Efficient. Everything was was very tight, very organized. Um, yeah, snap, snap, snap. It was just um, there was a reason for everything that was happening in a very orderly fashion. And so, listen, if you take over a business or you're trying to, you know, fix something that's not working that great, I mean, the first question you always ask is, well, why do we do whatever we do? You know, it's kind of like the the scene from um, uh, Office Space. You know, it's like, what exactly do you do here? And I think there'll be a lot of that going on, but but that's gonna take a lot of time. I think that's gonna go for the better part of a year and Joellis is still gonna be consulting them, advising them for, for a year. And then bigger decisions likely will roll themselves out in twenty twenty three.
0: I actually prefer, I know a lot of people were wondering if they were going to announce a new stadium, new uh, uniforms, such and such so fast. But I kind of like the fact that they're like, you know what, we're just coming in here. We're going to see what's working, what's not working, and then decide later on. They're not trying to be too flashy with the money they have.
1: No, I mean, that's the right move, obviously, I think, to, to just sort of get a lay of the land and feel comfortable with what was. They hired Damani Leach one day later, right? So that, they didn't mess around with that one um so they were very clear they were going to hire a president and boom it's happened the next day less than 24 hours later listen um when you elect a president of the united states there's a transition time right like three months before he actually takes over where you probably think of everything and that's for the cowboys by the way as the cow hold on turn around for you as the cowboys come out onto the field a little bit a couple of guys yeah anyways um So, Rachel, I think it's 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 very common sense to think that these guys have considered, you know, basically everything, you know, um, from, you know, what we're going to do with the stadium or what we'd like to do with the stadium to what color we want the uniforms to be. But they've had a lot of time to think about it. And at the end of the day, I asked this on the air yesterday. It's two months from now. It's Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. What is Greg Penner doing? You know, you're, I mean, really, is he going through game field? I mean, I doubt it. He's got people for that. I mean, Greg Penner, and I think he'll be very active uh, inside of the office. I think they're going to be working on the bigger issues with the Denver Broncos in terms of expanding the brand and expanding the brand with the Broncos. Absolutely, 100% will come with the expansion of the facilities. Joe Ellis said it was the biggest thing that the new ownership was going to have to worry about and it is their level of expertise. It's their thing. It's their thing that like they don't have the experience everywhere else. By the way, show pony Mark Schler talking to Dan Quinn right there. Can you see that? Can you see Stink um, right there talking? Yep. Giving him oh, a, and real, a hug. hug? right there. Yeah, look at Stink wearing jeans. I mean what is, what is the temperature? Let's see if Mark weighs uh, yeah well, he's got the orange shoes, he's got the Newtons on, Boulder Company. There's a handshake with Dan Quinn. He turned down head coaching jobs to make like $5 million as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. That's what you do. That's what you do when you're bros. That's D-Mac. what bros do, Rachel.
0: Fun fact. I have interviewed yeah. on a one-on-one interview with Dan Quinn before. What? Talk so, to me.
1: What's the indeed.
0: Uh I was a part when I was first getting started in college of a group called Galvanize. Laura Oakman, who's a Fox sports reporter, put together this thing. And it's really for um, younger reporters kind of girls more in school wanting to get into it to sit down and be able to have the opportunity. Now they do one-on-ones with players that are rookies so that the rookies can kind of get used to media and how that works. But before that, it used to be with coaches and yeah, Dan Quinn was mine. So it was a fun time. I went all the way down to Atlanta when he was down there, but Dan Quinn and I, man, we go way back.
1: Should I tell him Rachel says hi? Yeah. He'd be like, Dan, 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 (laughs) Rachel, she says hi. Okay. All right. Really? Okay. All right. Oh, I don't think he realized we were on live right there. CDQ.
0: t <laughs> Beck, as always, love having you. But we have to get in to the big topic, too, that Russell Wilson wants $300 million guaranteed. It's just a rumor that's going around that's been spread. But will he get it, or do you think he's kind of shooting for the moon, hoping to land somewhere among the stars?
1: Uh, I think it's probably that, and, and I, I won't be surprised if he gets the most guaranteed money of all time, but I mean, what's Deshaun Watson Rachel? 250, 260, something like that. So uh, um, a 50 million dollar guarantee ah' no. but I, I bet you it lands somewhere between 275, 280 somewhere along that range, and I'd be more than fine with it. By the way, I would be fine with 300 million too. Because um, all it really is is a percentage of the salary cap, and if you have your guy, I don't care. And even at three hundred million dollars, Rachel, percentage of the salary cap would probably be around twenty, twenty-two percent. At e- at even forty-five, fifty million dollars a year, I know that sounds insane, right? But um, but if he's your guy, he's your guy. Why hesitate about it? So it's funny though. In Seattle, we're talking to some of our Seattle friends, and they're like. He doesn't have his feet. He doesn't have his legs. Being short wasn't a big deal before, but being short matters now because he can't run around like he used to. And that's, that's the tale they're spinning. So theoretically, I mean, what we've learned in training camp, Rachel, for sure, is that Russell Wilson needs to move to be effective. He is just not a locked-in pocket passer. He just isn't. So he's got to be able to move around in order to – do what he's got to do so if he can't move around and that's what they would argue up in Seattle then he's just not very effective anymore I disagree with that I I think I've seen him move around just fine I have no idea why he couldn't just keep moving around and I think he's been very effective but I get in debates with all my uh, you know former NFL friends that we're having conversations with because they want to say ah no 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 he got sacked that was bad this was bad I'm like no no that was a play this is a play that's a play so today, Rachel may be as competitive as a situation that we see with Russell Wilson the entire preseason. There's no way he's going to play on Saturday. Would he play against the Bills? I'm not sure why. And it's ridiculous to think about playing um, against the Vikings in the final preseason game. Why would you mess around with that? If you listen to Nathaniel Hackett on with Mike and Mark this morning, all he talked about was, "Hey, it's a new NFL, and we got to keep these guys healthy. That's it." And Whether you like it or not, it's just the way the system is set up. And, yeah, there's 30-something days until the first game. It's just you just got to deal with it. And I like that approach. I love how the Broncos have been operating training camp. A lot of people have uh, dismissed it. Too soft. It's uh, glamping, as I've heard called. And if you watch the Detroit Lions on hard knocks, they're killing each other. I just think that's dumb. So I'm a big fan of how things have operated. And even as easy as the Broncos have gone, Rachel – there still have been a couple of debilitating injuries, you know, to uh, Tim Patrick and to Mary Crockett. Boy, can you hear it, though? Can I can't. I can't
0: tell what they're saying, though.
1: It's a, it's a mixture of let's go Broncos and let's go Cowboys. A lot of let's go Cowboys. But you can see both teams are out here. Just you uh, know, nice. no,
0: today's big. exciting. Back. Yeah, it is fact. And going can back, you, though, the yeah, go fact that right. Russ is such a competitor being I can't imagine that if Dak Prescott throws some 40-yard touchdown today that we're not going to see Ross try and do the same. Like, I think we're going to see (laughs) – I think we're going to see some competition between the two of them.
1: Oh, I think that's natural. I think there's juice. I mean, you know, like on a golf course, if somebody birdies on one hole, you can hear it on another hole. I think you'll you'll get something significant like that. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think everybody's juices get going. I mean, this is – well-needed, and they'll face each other on Saturday. And that's a huge game, obviously, for the backups and guys trying to make the team or earn a starting spot. Um, but, oh, Russell Wilson just walked on. To the, he just got on here. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah, you probably can't see it, but he's running on the field now. Let's see if he goes over to the crowd. Can you hear it? We there he goes. It. I mean, I don't know if you can see it or not, but he's – boy, he's getting a standing ovation. He's going right over to the crowd. He's, oh, he's waving at the crowd. Let's go. Look at Russ Wilson to get him hyped up. Standing ovation for Russell Wilson, that little security guy. There he goes, some high fives to the crowd. Ah, oh, That's fun. Come on, now? Come on, now? Who's not hyped to see that, right?
0: No, you love to see that. You, we can definitely hear it. So that's what you like to see. For people that All aren't right. able to make it out to training camp, this is an awesome way for them to kind of feel a little bit about the experience, d So as always, we love having you. But you mentioned earlier that Nathaniel Hackett joined Schlereth and Evans, and he did indeed to talk about kind of the criticism that some of our former players have. Had. So take a listen.
1: It's been interesting to listen to the former players on our station, not Mark. But from Chad Brown, Nate Jackson, Brandon Stokely, Tyler Palumbus, they have been skeptical, cynical, curious about the way that you have chosen to run practice, that it isn't (laughs) the way they did it. What would be your message to them? It's a new NFL. I mean, it's just that simple. It's a new NFL. There's more science than we've ever had in this game. I mean, we see it from when we talk about the concussions. I mean, I'm pretty sure you didn't wear an extra helmet on top of your helmet um, when you played. Um, I sure didn't. Um, So I think there's so many different things, and our full focus is health. Health, the healthiest team at the end is usually the one that has the best chance to go ahead and make a run in the playoffs. I mean, that's just facts. And, um, you know, I think that just looking back at my past, the things that I've done, because that's what I grew up with. But, yeah, so I think that what we've done is over time we've tried to develop something that is efficient, that we can get the most work out of the guys, develop the young guys as well as we can, but at the same time protect the team because, I mean, we have to make sure everybody's healthy.
0: See we have seen not super tough football out there at training camp yet. We're still seeing a lot of players getting hurt. Does that at all worry you as we approach week one here in just a few weeks that when we start seeing real tough football that has meaning to it, that we're going to see a lot more injuries?
1: I absolutely, Rachel, no doubt about it. And that's why you got to protect your first team guys. Again, that's what you got to do. And it's been a problem in the NFL for uh, forever. It's why, I mean, we have a 17th game. You have three preseason. We didn't have any preseason games during COVID, and football was really exciting. Um, I think these guys, I mean, you know, the ex-players always will tell you, uh, no, we need some callus. We need to hit a little bit. We need this. We need that. But I asked Josie Jewell about tackling, and he was like, "Eh, you know, to paraphrase, more or less at this level, we know what we're doing. We're just relatively good to go. And the players are in great shape. And every time they go out there, and play any form of real football, you absolutely run the risk of of being injured. So I I think in the future, Rachel, what you will see, I think you will see an 18-game schedule. I think each team will have one football event in the preseason, and I don't know if that's a game or a scrimmage or something, but just an event, something that happens at the stadium that, sure, you can locally televise or nationally broadcast, but it's not close to a game kind of like where the Pro Bowl is going, which the Pro Bowl is a complete joke right now. Um, and, and if they add, add the 18th game, the, the added revenue might be such that they, they, they don't even care about whatever pitiful thing they can generate in the preseason. So, you know, that's what I think. Um, so you just, you just got to kind of suffer through suffer through this, this moment of foolishness um, with preseason because you just don't want to get hurt. Now You don't want to get any of these guys hurt. And that's you just know. the deal.
0: So So true. All right, Mac. Well, we can hear the crowd get even more louder. So we're going to let you go hang out with them. Go get all the shots that you need. Thank you so much for taking time before practice starts. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Rachel, will we see you down here? you coming down now?
0: I'm going to leave here in just a few minutes. I will be there. There's going to be a full vlog later on this afternoon. So we got okay. everything covered. All
1: right. We'll see you in a few.
0: Awesome, DMac, Thank you again so much. Bye. You got to love DMAC as always. He is just so much fun. And today is a very exciting day. Yesterday was an exciting day as well. Obviously with the Walton Penner group taking over Broncos country. I know there's a lot of worries when it comes to a new ownership, but I truthfully do think that people should be very excited about the new changes that will come eventually. I don't think that this group is trying to be flashy or anything. So I think there's a lot of good things on the horizon But there's also just a lot of good things going on in the next couple of weeks. We're super excited for all the content that we're going to bring you guys. Like I said, I'm going to have a vlog later on on our social channels for all of you guys for today's Cowboy practice. But we've also got our first preseason game with the Cowboys on Saturday. So you're going to see a ton of content, including pregame live. We're going to be doing that 30 minutes before kick each game. We're going to have our halftime chill back so you can come break down the first half with all of the hosts. And then also a 30-minute post-game live following every single game, too. So there's going to be so much good content on the video side. DenverFan.com kills it with all the articles that you need to do as well. So make sure you just stay tuned to all of us. Um, Follow us all on Twitter, too. We love interacting with all of you guys. It truthfully means the world to us. But we're super excited for things to get rolling this weekend. Again, with the Cowboys and the Broncos kicking off 7 o'clock here for preseason game number one. Don't expect to see a whole bunch of starters. I think we're going to see maybe less than 5% of them, but we're going to see a lot of names that we've been talking about on training camp live. Get some time to see if they can get themselves on the 53-man roster. With that being said, tonight, our last training camp live, 5.30, Cecil Mace, myself, definitely come hang out with us. We're going to break down everything you need to know about today's practice and camp in general, and we will see everybody later. Have a good one, guys.